We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello and welcome to Conversations with the Voice of Reason. I'm your host, Benjamin Boyce, and today's conversant is Kelly J. Keene, otherwise known as Posey Parker, who's been putting on a worldwide tour with her organization, Let Women Speak. She tours the United Kingdom regularly and was recently in the United States of America, and most recently she was in Australia and New Zealand, wherein she was assaulted by a very vicious mob for attempting to let women speak, which is, I guess, a fraught endeavor in New Zealand and Australia. In this conversation, we talk about her adventures and her plans for a political movement to, you guessed it, let women speak. She's a wonderful guest. I'll get it out of the way so you can enjoy her presence as I have and do. Without further ado, here is Kelly J. Keene. So you're right having on. a good hair day. I'm having a really terrible hair day. Uh, you, you look great. You look great. Um, I just I got this fancy new pomade and uh, sea salt spray, so I'm trying it out today. Okay. I just use sea salt spray. It's oh, really? absolutely annihilated my hair, which oh, is a no. word I frequently use, apparently. <laughs> you are all about the annihilation. I am. I'm just genocidal. You are. I say? Yeah. People just, their existence just vanishes when you walk onto a continent. It really does. The lies just evaporate. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry about that, everyone. No, that's okay. Um, you know, I think we, we kind of spoke pretty recently. We spoke before you went to Australia and New Zealand. Mm. Um, I think you were just on another tour, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, I do quite a lot. You do. You have been doing quite a lot. So I just want to give you an opportunity. If you're not tired of telling your stories, just tell me more of what's been going on. Oh, well, um, I made a few more enemies. A few? Different accents. <laughs> uh, generally speaking, that's what's happened. So I went, I did a tour of Australia and New Zealand. And the reason I did that is because um, those women have no chance to come to Speaker's Corner. So I do something called, if people, your audience is not aware, I do something called Let Women Speak. Um, and it's uh, a sort of organic wonderful event that's just grown and it's called let women speak because the first time we took it out of london in speaker's corner we took it to nottingham which is in the midlands or just north of the midlands in the uk and they started shouting let women speak and that was the first time we got protesters so a lot okay. of i mean they weren't enthusiastic they were quite sad and they were like uh trans women are 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 women it was it was you know, anyway, and it was quite funny. And then they started shouting when women were talking. So we were like, let women speak. And it began. Um, and then we've done others. We've done Bristol. We've done Manchester. We've done Brighton. Brighton was Brighton was che cheered on by left-wing feminists. Oh, my God. So well. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was, I mean, every time I've done something quite, for want of a better word, impressive, um, Socialist feminists uh, have come out 
very, very excited um, on the side of the TRAs. Oh, really? So they've really, they've done a lot of their work for them. Yeah. No, yeah. Awful. Well, Defamatory, in, in, libelous, awful. In, in what way? Are they pro-trans or just anti-you? Oh, anti-me. Okay. So why, why do yeah. you think that you excite their ire? And you well, excite is a funny word, yeah. isn't it? Um, don't know. They're, they're incredibly animated by me. Uh, there's, uh, there's so many threads, aren't there, with women. Um, number one, women are covert and dishonest uh, about the way they behave, about people they don't like, um, and their hierarchy. Like, women will claim that, like, the patriarchy is this hierarchical thing and women don't have it. Yes, we do. We absolutely do have hierarchies. They're just less honest and they're far more bitchy um, and covert and ostracized and so on. So anyway. Well, and so do you threaten hierarchy in some way that you're aware of? Yes. And why? In I, think, what way? I think we might know that by now I, I might be the leader of a non-leader led non-leadered <laughs> so articulate it's because i'm so articulate that they just are so envious um <laughs> no talk. i think look by hook or by crook uh i am probably the most recognizable face of this movement uh and it's not by design uh but it's almost kind of in opposition to their designs of pretending not to be top dog but or wanting to be top dog uh, and they've made me top dog. Okay. By yeah. constant, well, they just attack me all the time, and women don't like it very much. Well, what it's often they, dishonest and it's personal. They say that you're, well, uh, this is what I've seen from the TRA side is that you are aligned with the far right. What does that mean other than slander? Like, do you, are you a monarchist or are you, are you into some sort of dictatorial government? Is that what it's you want? It's a monarchist, <laughs> far right. Um, what am I? Um, I think if I did a grid of politics, I probably am a little bit socialist, socially conservative. Um, and I'm otherwise would have been on the left before the left went mental. Uh, I, you know, I, I agree with the NHS. I think there's far too much money wasted in it. Uh, I think that um, corporate entities should pay more tax. Um, I believe that nobody should be earning more than, say, 15 or 20 times the bottom person in their uh, organization so that you kind of pull people up with you. I mean, that's a famous kind of far right ideal. Um, you know, just fairness. I kind of I was on the left because I thought what the left was, was about um, giving people the tools to escape uh, their financial predicament and give them more opportunity. I now sort of think that the left, the elite in the left is quite happy to use people at the bottom for their own ends. Hmm. Uh, and they're quite happy to keep people at the bottom. And so, uh, and I'm not saying that the right is kind of some bastion of social mobility, but at least it's honest that it just is greedy and wants money. Yeah. Do in your or uh, organization, if it is an organization, do you by principle enact that what you called the left of pulling other people up of sharing power? Do you do you earn? How do you feel about earning twenty times the attention of the lowest person in your twenty times the attention? Yeah, is that fair? Oh, no, that's 
No. Uh, no, we don't share attention. Jesus Christ, man. Okay. No? I want to win. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I don't share attention. But I certainly, you know, if I started making an absolute uh, genocide of this, a killing of this, um, and making lots and lots of money, then, you know, I, w- I would think it was shameful if I had a cleaner on minimum wage. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, as but, it is, she's on a lot of money. The the events, these let women speak events, they mm. are egalitarian in essence, right? Uh, well, I mean, they're sexist, and I don't mean that in a moral way. I mean, this is about women speaking. Yes. And, and you set up, you emcee these events. So you, you do yes. share the you share the stage. The stage is is for yes. women to come up and speak. Yeah, and I look. I'm it, if we if I talk about myself as a product as opposed to like myself. Yeah. Um. In order to facilitate those sort of sort of things, you have to have somebody who is the vehicle for it, and that happens to be me. If I didn't have this platform and I, I didn't do live streams and I didn't do interviews and do some of the things that I've done and and even sort of provoked people to really hate me and talk about me incessantly, then there's not such a big crowd that are coming out to come and speak. There's not so many women that feel that this is a place where they are welcome to come and speak because they wouldn't have heard of me. Yeah. And what do they generally say when they're allowed to speak? We have a rule of five compliments and you're in. <laughs> what? <laughs> five five compliments to me. Okay. And then you can speak. I mean they have to be gene no. Uh they can say whatever they like. They predominantly are talking about this specific issue. Sometimes women will talk about climate things, um uh or other things that I'm not massively interested in, but generally speaking, this is so massive. This single issue, so called single issue, does have its dirty little fingers in um pretty much all of our pies yeah so yeah it's a big topic and so being in opposition to something um is it is it necessarily enough to just complain uh, or to make complaint against let's say the trans agenda or what's happening to kids or what's happening to women uh is there like a positive vision that you see forming among the women that you interact with like a positive vision for motherhood a positive vision uh for family or anything yes. like that yeah but i um, i think you dismiss um the power of being able to speak by saying complaining. Um, many women in in their whole lives, uh, whether it's their husband who's not particularly interested, doesn't get it, or yeah. disagrees, or their teenage children who make uh, home life quite difficult. Uh, they don't, you know, they they might call their mother a turf or just not want to listen to it, or they might be attempting to call themselves something else. Uh, or wider family, a lot of families now know somebody who knows somebody who's. Um, wants to mutilate their children uh, or husband is a uh, celebrated um, fetishist in a dress. So, you know, it, it, to sort of say that it, it's complaining enough for some women, just speaking those words aloud or hearing somebody else say them, I think is a really powerful, quite a life affirming thing. But yes, like for me, it's, it's great to you, look, you just see women in front of you, just go from like shaking hands and small voice to really angry or powerful. And you see this woman transform in front of you. Now, I think if that's all I did, that would be quite enough. 
Um, but I'm now going into politics. Um, I want to repeal the GRA. That's been something I've been saying kind of since about 2018. Yeah. Um, and I want to just get all this stuff out of school. So we now, what we have to, what the job is of women like me or me um, is to now unravel this kind of, it's to unbake the cake, try and separate the eggs <laughs> out of a baked cake. Yeah. And so just to iterate for the people who are listening in, you're, you're correct in complaining about my word complaint. I, I mean that just generally, just, just speaking criticism. And you gave a really good answer about the criticism is empowering itself. But when we go to the next level where you're trying to repeal or unbake this cake, do you, do you take it? What do you, it, once you start disassembling this, what assembles in its place or what are you going for? What's the positive vision? How do you articulate a non transgender affirming polity? How do you, and how, what do you base that on uh, nature, uh, family, some sort of traditional morality? Like, like there's gotta be a story there. I think the story is returning to truth. And I think that in itself is quite liberating. Um, and, you know, there's many things that have led to this, like the breakdown of community, even the fact that we migrate. You know, many people now don't live near their childhood friends or don't live near their cousins they might have grown up with or their siblings or their parents. And so we've become far less community full stop. And then this thing has offered community to some people, um, even though I think it's as false as a, a female penis, but it's... It's still some sort of idea, some notion of it. So part of like a utopia would be that maybe <laughs> we stop moving. Well, that's not going to happen. People are not going to stop migrating for jobs or uh, cheaper house prices or whatever are the reasons that people migrate. I mean, I moved from a big city to a small town so I could get a bigger house. Um, so that's one thing you can't replace. But we can... We can revert to to um, biology and things that are real, and I think if we if we could step out mm. of many of the things that are intangible that we are supposed to place value in, like online kind of friendships over other friendships, I don't mean that you can't have both, but a lot of people have totally replaced real time spent with people, which include. Uh, the smell and the nuance and the slight. Women always bring up smell when they're selling the uh, be be with each other in person thing. It's that pheromone sensitivity that that you ladies have. Like you're not the yeah, first probably. woman to, to talk about smell as as being central to the uh, IRL life. Well, yeah, but also, uh, like, don't you think smell is is one of the most nostalgic kind of things? Like, if you smell something, that can take you back quicker than the sight of something hmm. like the smell of i don't know uh, candy floss for or uh, what you call a uh, cotton candy that might take me or um toffee apples which is an apple in like a hard red clear candy yeah. that might take me right back to uh, going to a fair when i was seven mm -hmm. you know over seeing a toffee apple in a window yeah. that's not taking me back <laughs> so i think yeah smell is yeah, really important. No. Uh, anyway, I don't know why. Anyway, I'm just making it up as I go along. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, I know. Uh, <laughs> it's my MO. Just a quick um, So, well, yeah, so yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's little things. So, 
your sense of humor my sense of humor i don't know if it's uh perfectly matched but it's i kind of get it when you're joking especially when you're on twitter and you're angering many people i sort of i often see the mischief in that hmm. but a lot of people miss those cues and so those things that that's far more real isn't it hmm. well if you can hear somebody's voice or actually get to know them then you can see that their frame of reference isn't necessarily always literal uh, is one mm. one way to say but so i think we're, we're edging into, into s- well i don't mean to be a troll <laughs> oh just, you do i just get itchy you know you just get a little itchy and you're laying in bed and you don't want to get out of it and you think of something stupid to say and then you just say it you know but i can't so, do that anymore because people are too stupid Oh, you 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 got to be straight laced. I I still make myself I still make myself laugh. Like often when people go, she's just a grifter. I just do like a mean like money. <laughs> 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 or someone says, oh, she's paid off her she's paid off her mortgage of a big house, and I'm like, it's it's more like a mansion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just to really irritate people. But sometimes I'll put something like um. In fact, I did it a couple of days ago. Kirsty Allsop, who's a TV woman over here, quite posh. And she's put, oh, where are these kids learning that, um, you know, sex change is possible? And, like, she doesn't believe it happens. And I was like, uh, literally all the teachers cursed. And uh, quite a few people going, I'm a teacher and I don't do that. Hmm. <laughs> Didn't literally mean all the teachers, even yeah. though I did say literally. Literally, all yeah. yeah. L- literally, figuratively. But so back to like the, the the story um or yeah the vision that you have to replace it I, I, you you mentioned biology you mentioned reality in its various forms and romanticizing the the real and the in person but there's also like a, a level of obligation too that i think is really difficult for us to recapture because obligations suck it's it, it kind of sucks that a woman is a woman in a certain way because a woman is fated to uh, her reproductive capacity is takes up a huge chunk of her life and if she doesn't have a good infrastructure yeah. around her then she's kind of adrift right so there's been a, a really long um drawn out story from feminism to to try to liberate women from the obligation of their femalehood, right? Even even castigating femalehood as some sort of mm. castrated man, and you see that in the literature, in the second wave uh, feminist literature, um, and and all it's all about liberating ourselves from that obligation, and to go mm. back and say, well, you know, reality is about being obligated. It's it, our biology dictates that we are obligated to each other, and that these obligations are more important than our freedom, or there are trade offs here, and when we go full bore into everything is consent everything is your own will nothing's your obligation you end up getting where we are here with the gender stuff the gender stuff is just people trying to escape not just reality but their obligations to to reality to one another and to to their own children which one could argue is uh, the real uh transgenocide uh the amount of kids that are not going to be born because of all the sterilized kids today well yeah i mean that is pretty horrendous um We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. 
just it's beyond it's just beyond comprehension that it's coincidence that this is a, a byproduct of uh, this whole agenda is that a lower birth rate just think there's something a bit sinister in that um it's interesting you say obligation because i think that is what feminism did is it said that motherhood was an obligation and obligation does feel like a weighty uh choiceless uh joyless thing to do but maybe we should have reframed it a long time ago that actually having children um being a mum on your worst day it's amazing like on your worst day uh you still you have a relationship with a child and I, i'm pretty sure it's the same it's similar for men not the same but you have a relationship with a child most of us do most of us lucky women and i don't buy this idea that so many women regret i don't think it's true i, I think it maybe is a taboo for a reason and that's because it's not particularly common um but you feel about your humanity and you feel about your purpose and your life in a way that you absolutely didn't feel the second before you have that baby and i think this is a really common experience for women um the difficulty with motherhood is that we live in a society that's set up where you need to earn money and and also in a society where apparently men are terrible for women and i just i just don't think it's true i just don't think it's true i think we uh, i'm often accused of being a bit individualist about this and i probably am but we do have choices about how we're treated it is a two-way thing and i think we need to educate both men and women to recognize quite abusive and toxic behavior in the very first utterances of it hmm. um and also teaching people about boundaries now both men and women about boundaries um and those boundaries will be when you feel uncomfortable like listen up because it's not right um and also try and hook up with someone that you intend to spend a long portion of your life with before you're older or old enough to be far too set in your ways that nobody actually is quite good enough. Hmm. 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 Dating market. Maybe you should get into the uh, dating app business. Yeah, just at, at 24. Time's up! <laughs> 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 too late! <laughs> it's a countdown. It'll be like a Charlie Brooker kind of Black Mirror <laughs> countdown to Finsterhood or permanent hmm. bachelor status. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So have you gone over what happened in Australia? Because it was pretty phenomenal what, what happened to you in Australia. Uh, the, the way that they rushed you, the way that you were, uh, I mean, in the moment that you guys had that event and there's this huge, it looked really, really dangerous. There's pictures of you being scared. Like, what was your feelings in that moment? Oh, were you was, charged? Did yeah, you feel protected? <laughs> yeah. You're... Um more scary than the voices and the people that's kind of shouting what they'd like to do to me um which wasn't take me out for dinner um so this is in auckland in new zealand i mean the stuff leading up to that was quite bad but auckland new zealand which was the highlight of the trip um the more frightening thing about that they, that crowd was the fact that it was a crowd and it was a mob and it had a life of its own and it became like a singular organism, if you like, that took on this kind of raging, violent, 
inhuman um, thing. And at one point I'm falling and I'm about 45 degrees to the floor and I'm thinking, if I don't get up, if I, if I don't correct and get up now, stand up, and I hit that floor, I'm dead. I'm just, I'm not going to get up because huh. people get crushed and stomped all the time. And actually, when I was beginning to fall, so that I, there's myself, there's a woman called Tanya, and then there were a few raging lunatics uh, just sort of on the rotunda, it's called, which we would call a um, bandstand. And then as it came, and I just thought, oh, that's a solid wall. <laughs> there's a solid wall. And there's about 500 people just to the left of me. And if they keep coming, then I could also be crushed. Um, so, yeah, it was frightening. And it was it was one step in front of the other. And I think in that's in those seconds, you're more thinking about, please don't and don't let anyone fall over. Like nobody in front of me fall over. Let's just stay on our feet. So there's a bit of me where I'm going, mind, 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 mind. Because <laughs> there's a bench coming up and I'm thinking if that person goes, then that's it. Oh, man. Yeah. Done for. Mm. And then, but you, the, you you were carried to safety or you guys got out of there? You got, get, yeah, you yeah. yeah. So yeah. I had, so I got in the middle of the, so I arrived, I do a little bit to camera on the way in the car and, um, and I just could feel it in my bones that it was, I just felt really unsafe. I'd already had a uh, threatening note under my hotel room door. Oh. Uh, that was nice. Huh. Knowing, say, like, describing what I was wearing and, yeah, that was nice. Um, and also, so uh, uh, let me go back a little bit. So we'd had the thing in Melbourne where some other men booked some steps. And uh, I can't say what their genuine ideology was, but I can say that they did a Nazi salute. But they booked steps. They didn't turn up to my rally. Yeah. They weren't anything to do with me. As far as I'm aware, um, I would stand in a court of law and say nobody in my group spoke to those men. Um, and what's really odd is one of those men has come out since and claims they recruited loads of people from... Women trying to speak, these men recruited. So it just looks more and more like some really elaborate setup. Yeah, feds. As it's, it's just... The feds showed up. Well, what else makes sense? And I, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I'm the most important woman on the planet, but Moira Redeeming on, in, at the MP, in her maiden speech, in that parliament that we were stood outside of, talked about safeguarding children and protecting women's rights. And then the first time she speaks publicly about it, some men claiming to be Nazis turn up and the police lead them very nicely. You know, they're allowed to apparently while we were doing the speeches, they were it, it was clear as day that that's what they were there for. Um, and so it was just we couldn't see them either. So it wasn't like there was any point at which the women that had attended my rally um, could have interacted with these men for the press to see, right? Because they were, there's some steps, there's some more steps, and they're over here. So there's, they're, they're quite far away, and they're blocked by some... It was so alarm. staged. They all, like, walk up there, and then they say, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> some of them were lackadaisical as well, I felt. What do you uh, mean? They're just nonchalant. Yeah, just... <laughs> I've 
It's been a long time since I've seen anyone who was genuinely far right. But in this country, they wear, they've got skinheads, they wear, they've got piercings, uh, they've got numerous tattoos, um, skin tight clothes, maybe uh, they might have like um, uh, Dr. Martin boots, uh, maybe tartan or skin tight jeans. Um, and often, they will be men not particularly fit looking above 50. Like these are that we thought they were Antifa. So when we were inside and the uh, security said, oh, there's these men on the steps um, and separating uh, let women speak and those morons was uh, a group of freedom protesters. Now, I think freedom, considering Australia's lockdowns, is probably opposing cashless societies, opposing vaccines, uh, talking about the lockdowns. I think that's what it's about. Plus, Australia's going through something called The Voice, which basically is a a way of racially separating people's rights. Um, and it's all to do with uh, the indigenous people, like the Aboriginal Wait, they call people. it The Voice? This is like they some of the dystopian... Voice, them having a voice. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Interesting. And wow. they have more value then. Yeah, they of get, course. Yeah. It's like a vote and a half. I guess like this is what I gleaned uh, and I'm happy to okay. be corrected. Yeah. So um, in between us and them is it freedom. So then we're just thinking Antifa um, and then any sort of photos that have been shown where it's supposed to be people attending my rally. It's not, it's a freedom people um, and them. Yeah. Um, and then the first we see of it, they just get marched along. I mean, how convenient is that? Yeah. It was a great photo op. To slander your opponents if mm. you can hire some guys to Nazi salute yeah. out of nowhere. And they're not going across us. So you can't, there's no chance of people going, oh, <laughs> yeah. I'll go, like, why are you, I'll look at you, you sad, whatever. We can't do yeah. any of that because they're across the road. And, and then other people are like, why didn't you stop and condemn them? I was like, <sighs> yeah. Because women are speaking. Like, that's what I'm there for. Like, I'm, I'm not there to, you know, I didn't, I'm just not there for that. I'm not letting some sad group of men decide, dictate what I speak about. No. Yeah. But that, what difference would it have made? That stirred up media against you. Oh, yeah. Is that, and that, that precipitated the behavior of New Zealand toward you, you think? I was already on the news. I was already on the news in New Zealand. I mean, if, if I wanted to... Um, if my ego was inflated by attention, which arguably it might be, uh, it was doing very well. As I was on the news in Australia and they were there were court cases to try and stop me coming in. There were petitions trying to stop me okay. getting to New Zealand. The day that I was flying, there was an, uh, an, uh, an emergency uh, court case to try and put an injunction against my, my visa. <laughs> Who, who's, who's suing the state to get you? Oh, the Green Party? I don't know. Some, okay. some rainbow collective of some description. Um, okay. Just nuts. So I was already on the news. Um, and then I get there, and then I get searched for two hours when I arrive. Ooh. On the flight on the way over, my original hotel had cancelled. So I get into the country. Um, fortunately, I had Wi-Fi. Um, and I get in the country and I've managed to get a different hotel. It's just, and then I get stopped and this woman goes, I don't watch the news. 
So I said, oh, do you know who I am then? Is this all that? She said, oh, would you like to come this way? It's a shortcut. <laughs> take me into a room. And then she goes, can you put your suitcases on there? And I had to take everything out. I mean, they weren't really looking for anything because what I would assume if they thought I was, I had anything on me, uh, surely they would have at least patted me down. Do you know what I mean? They at least would have kind of... Okay, and then they would pat you down. They didn't do that. They just <laughs> meticulously emptied. I've got two massive trunks that I take with me, like huge trunks, and two... Um, is it one or two? Might have been just one case, maybe two little cabin cases or quite big cabin cases, and they just took everything out. Hmm. My underwear... Everything. Hmm. It was, I don't watch the news. I said, really? Because I've been all over the news for about three weeks. And, the, you know, every newspaper stand, oh, no, I don't keep up with it. Oh, you lying witch. Okay. Do you, do you think that, is it your sense that um, this is just a media hip, hip job against you? Or do the people of New Zealand buy wholesale your uh, genocidal uh, presence? No, it's it's the it's the um, new little left authoritarian beta males and their <laughs> maidens. Okay, it's it's them. They're quite powerful. Um, don't know how. Don't know why they're being offered so much power. But yeah, and then the and then after my thing, um, the prime minister in Australia uh, was asked, "What is a woman?" by a man that had, had been really helpful at Alternative News. <laughs> Have you seen it? I, I think the he just stutters and he stumbles. I didn't, I didn't expect that well, question. Well, Sean, I wasn't expecting that. That's uh, a bit left field. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> That's like come out of left field. Hmm. You've impregnated your wife twice. Are you sure you're not uh, familiar with what a woman might be? Uh, uh, biology, sex, gender, sex, biology, uh uh, 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 started for 10, uh, maybe a light source. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the guy who led the, or I saw a thread, it was pretty ostentatious describing the events and how they were so full of hope and, and queer pride, oh, yeah. uh, for, for vanquishing you. Um, and it was just so twisted. Um, but the guy who, whoever was uh, a part of that went on, uh, a media speed, he got a lot of attention. The mm. guy who kind of mm. claimed ownership of the counter protest or the protest against the refugee Israel. escaping an authoritarian country to bring his own authoritarian to New Zealand. Okay. Uh, and then the guy that tipped the uh, soup on my head, he, uh, he's been charged. And it's quite unusual because normally I would have to start those proceedings, but uh, oh. the police did. Oh, really? So. Uh, why do you think they did that? Uh. I don't know. I think they haven't stopped talking about it since I left. So I, I've, I mean, I, I don't like to be immodest, but I definitely have changed that country. Well, it maybe so changed... you, you have a sense that they're having an actual discussion about this. Yes. Okay. I mean, look, the mainstream media are trying to keep it very quiet, but I've had emails from Plenty of people in New Zealand saying, I have never heard of you. 
I didn't know what was going on in this country. Once they tried to stop you getting in and then I saw what happened to you, I've looked into what you believe, what you stand for, and I had no idea what was going on in this country. So okay. I think I, I it, you know, it's a bit of a Streisand thing, but I, Streisand effect, but I think, I genuinely think I've, I've made a difference in both Australia and New Zealand. Okay. I guess it's too early to tell. One wonders, though, how that effect is going to translate into actual political action. If, if they're going to continue to have these uh, discussions, if, if the tide will turn, so to speak, in Australia and New Zealand, um, we'll see. I but... think once it's out the bag, once you've relied, once your ideology relies on silence and covert maneuvering um, and sort of lobbying, quietly lobbying governments behind closed doors and then people can see behind the curtain. Once that happens, I think it's really difficult to stop that sort of truth just growing and more and more people arriving at the same point. I think, you know, Australia transitions kids and takes kids away from parents. Um, so, I, I, you know, there's a lot of undoing, but I, I definitely think this is, this is the start of the beginning. Huh. Yeah. How did you deal with it? Did you have, I, I asked you this over DM, but I want you to hear you say it out loud, like being in a life or death situation, being under that much stress, there's got to be physiological. I mean, your igdemilagla or whatever, your stress hormones are probably up and stuff. How did you process through the stress of that? Did you just let it go? Do, do you feel, how does, how do you handle the negative attention and then that perilous uh, incident? Does it reverberate in you or does it just kind of, you just let it go? Um, no, it doesn't. I don't think it does. I think <laughs> you just regroup and, um, you know, I've got teenagers. I've got teenagers and not really a lot of time for any self-indulgent okay. stuff. Yeah. You know, even when my daughter's, really, I've said this many times before, but I do love her for it. Um, if she's being rude and I'm like, Come on now, like you're being really rude. It just doesn't feel very nice when you talk like that. She'll go, "Oh, all about you, isn't it?" <laughs> <laughs> she's just so great. She's um, she's the she's so sharp. She's she's my child, most likely to know the most devastating things to say. Oh, really? She properly. Well, yeah, she's she's a bit like me. Is she? she <laughs> yeah, because. I can tell within a quite a short time of talking to someone, usually what they like about themselves and what they don't. Especially women, hmm. I know I know exactly where to go. To oh, to either little... praise them or to knock them down a peg, huh? Yeah. Huh. Oh yeah. Huh. I don't do it very often, but it's nice well, to know. You must have been really difficult to be friends with uh, in your teenage years. I was friends with boys. Yeah, because they could, they could handle it. Yeah, but also we... Uh, so my male friends, I've probably told you this before, but my male friends, we all just needled. We all were just vicious to each other. Like I just behaved like one of the boys, I guess. Hmm. So, you know, cruel, <laughs> really cruel. Um, when, I was, when I had my first baby, um, I put on so much weight, like so much weight and i'd always been like a zero size zero american size zero um and then i was like an american size uh 
16. Oh, wow. Like okay. Just, I don't know yeah, what like that means, but that looks, that sounds like a really lot. Really fat. Well, yeah. I'm five foot one, so it meant I was, I'd put on a lot of weight very quickly. And my friend Christian, we were at my, so it was one of my first friends, Brian, his father had passed away. We are at the funeral and I had my baby and he was like 12 weeks old or six weeks or something. And my friend Christian said, oh, you shouldn't be standing up. Look, I've got you a chair because you need to take the weight off. And he goes, and you're carrying a baby. <laughs> <laughs> and as far as I'm concerned, and I've had a, I, I went out with someone very briefly and, and he was a bit like that. And I just, you know, he said something about my body. I think he said something about the size of my breast. And, and I said, and I was like, oh, it's a bit close to the bone. I said, which is something I don't think you'll ever, ever be. You know, it just, it's, <laughs> it's as long as it's funny. Yeah. And anyway, but women aren't like that uh, very often. Yeah. Women aren't like that. Funny women are, are like that, but most women are not. And so you got back from Australia, New Zealand, and then you you had a little bit of downtime or teenager time, and then you just went off to Ireland this past weekend? No, I came back. So uh, my husband watched the live stream. Uh -oh. And uh, and so as I, was, as I was doing it, he basically booked a flight. So um, really? just to go back a bit, when I... When I after the, after I'd done this thing in New Zealand, after the mob, I got in a police car and then we went to a police station. And in the police station, I was guarded uh, by two officers. And it was only those two and their commanding officer and his commanding officer who were allowed to know that I was in the station. And so hmm. when I had to do things like go to the toilet, uh, one of the officers would walk ahead to make sure there was no one else around. Like six hours, I was there. Really, police protection. Was there? Was there? Was there a mob like just roaming around Auckland or no, whatever? No, but I town? think they were quite worried. Huh? And they took it seriously. They took it really seriously. How did they treat you? And then, did they go through your luggage? So sorry, I don't know who connected my Alexa. Um. Uh, no, they didn't go through anything. They were they were protecting me. They were lovely. They were lovely. And I, uh, I had I had a shower in the police sort of changing room, hmm. and um, they didn't have any towels, so I had to dry. <laughs> I had to dry my. I had to wash this stuff out of my hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And dry with paper towels. I'm just going to unplug my Alexa just in case my husband does some weird announcement. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which I, I didn't actually realize I'd connected. There we go. Uh, otherwise, it'd be like, come down the stairs. <laughs> uh, not to me, to the kids, obviously. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and then I got transferred by two officers to a police station at the airport. And then when it was okay to go through to the airport lounge, um, I had three armed officers with me who walked me to drop off my luggage through security um, and then into an airport lounge where I had armed protection right up under the door of the plane. Uh, and then they stayed there until my flight took off. Wow. And that happened all within one day. You were, you, they kicked you out of the country or were you already planning to go? 
No, I was supposed to stay. I was supposed to go to a, a different event. So I get in the I get in the police car and I'm like, oh, oh my god! I thought they were going to crush us or something. And I'm obviously I can I'm quite distressed. And then uh, <laughs> the security guards next to me, who looked really frightened through that event, and uh, <laughs> I said, um, "Do you think it'll be like this in Wellington?" <laughs> Yeah, I can't protect you. I said, oh, okay. Or perhaps we won't go. Okay. Because um, I was still thinking maybe I'd do this next event. I, obviously, I just wasn't thinking. Um, so, yeah, so I was supposed to go to there, and then I was supposed to go back to Sydney, uh, and I had a couple of interviews lined up, and then I was going to fly home. So I was going to sort of rest up after quite a busy tour uh, before the massively long flight home, but instead I flew direct um, from... Auckland back to back through Dubai which I felt safer in Dubai than I did in New Zealand hmm, go figure. And, then, and then to London so what was the story with your husband he books a flight yeah he just booked a flight so there and then rather than watching. that day yeah as soon as humanly possible yeah as okay. he was watching so he came and he picked you up and you guys went back home together no like, no no <laughs> He booked a flight for me. Oh, okay, 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 Otherwise, okay. Otherwise, I'd have had to wait like 30 hours. <laughs> I mean, that would have been a nice thing to do, but a little unnecessary hmm. time-wise. How does he handle uh, the risk that you, that you are put in? Um, I don't know, really. He's quite a blokey bloke. He's like yesterday I had in, in Belfast... Um, just so your audience know, Belfast is Northern Ireland, uh, where they've had a history of, you know, in, in everybody's DNA is a history of uh, really, really uh, violent conflict. And so <laughs> hmm. I had a meeting with the Irish security. So now I need two security every time I do an event, which costs like dollar-wise about $1,500 uh, just for my own security. And... um the guy's like, we've looked through intelligence, um, the significant threats, physical uh, and otherwise against you. Um, you know, this is really serious. Uh, this is our exit plan. Um, if I do this, then we just go straight away. What do you need to bring if we go straight away? Uh, which is why I took all of my things in a carrier bag yesterday. So I said, well, I can't leave my phone. Um, you know, that's about the only thing that I will absolutely have to take because that, that in the wrong hands is is not ideal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just like he said, it might be that I pick you up and we just run. Like he would foist you over his shoulders and he'd like wookie you aft. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's quite, you know, so my Ooh. husband was like... You're gonna be all right. I was like, oh, I think so. Um, but you know, he's he's known me a very long time. We've been together 25 years. Wow. And uh, I genuinely think, like, if not me, who who would who who is there? Well, okay. So, what, what's the benefit then with the Belfast? What what happened there? Was it at all uh, similar to what happened in New Zealand? Well, a gay man got head-butted by a bar staff wearing a man t-shirt. 
So we've uh, we've gone right. Wait, a gay man to... got headbutted by a bar staff with a man T-shirt. By a bar manager. Okay. Because the bar manager was wearing a man t- uh, the the gay man was wearing a man T-shirt. Okay. So he got headbutted. Now in northern, what's really interesting about Northern Ireland is because of the sectarian sort of violence and divisions. Um, they have it that public houses, uh, you can't discriminate against political kind of views. So um, this wouldn't be the same in the UK. Like in the UK, if you, if someone came in with something really offensive, politically de- offensive, you could probably ask them to leave um, in certain bars and so on. But public houses, uh, which are pubs and yeah. now bars, they have a public house kind of license and there's a special license. And part of that license in Northern Ireland is that you cannot discriminate on the grounds of political belief. So women who were wearing suffragette colours were refused service. Hmm. Yeah. And so Was there a reason was, given? Yeah, because of their T-shirts. What's so offensive about... We're not serving you because you're teachers. I don't think they carried on. Well, it's a turfy thing now, isn't it? So one woman, who I thought was fantastic, she just took her T-shirt off. Okay. She just had a bar beer? Got served in her bra. Okay, bra beer. All right. (laughs) Which way is that? Well, everybody wins in that situation, I guess. (laughs) Yep. Hmm. Although she was middle-aged, so I'm sure everybody, everybody still hated her. Hmm. I thought she was great. So in the event itself, was there rambunctiousness or did it go pretty smooth? The police were brilliant. So they had uh, two lines keeping both sides separate. Not that we need it, but more men are coming to our events now. But um, two lines to keep the trans activists away. But, I mean, who... It's just so weird. Oh, what are you coming out for? Well, we don't want those women to speak. Oh, why is that? Well, because they're fascists. Oh, okay. You, sh- you sure they're the fascists? You're n- you don't want them to speak? What's what's your position? Are you going to speak? No, we're just going to make so much noise. We're going to try and make it impossible for them to talk. Huh. Like, what a What a crazy kind of thing that they have to justify to themselves that they're doing the right thing because they're on the right side of history and we're yeah. evil. Yeah, the reality is that as soon as one of them gets their face crushed in, the rest will probably stay home here on out. I don't see them as heroes um, or valorous. I think they just glommed onto something that gives them their life meaning because they don't have any other meaning. It just doesn't seem like they're leaders of men or uh, at all have a warrior or soldier uh, follow through. Rise of the beta male. Yeah, okay. And, but you said that men are showing up to support you now. Yes. Yeah. Do you have a I mean, sense of why? Or? It's yeah, just okay. more. Uh, I think it's my milkshake. Um, <laughs> I think that means something a lot ruder than I think. I don't so, know what it means, but I want to think about what it means. But I think I know what it means. Anyways. Um, why are they turning? I think I'm just more known and more okay. men are kind of you know, waking up to it. And they just show up and support you guys and just stand around. Yeah. 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 
Well, they're cheaper than than professional security. If there's enough of them, you won't need professional security. No, uh, uh, the different like we have stewards. We have really brilliant female stewards, and the great thing about female stewards is that they don't escalate. They really do, kind of. They don't respond. Uh, they're far less hmm. likely to sort of commit acts of violence. So, what, what, what do you mean, steward? Good. Just somebody in the crowd. Oh, Marshall, like a woman in a high vis jacket, okay, who will kind of hold the line. So often, uh, when I'm coming to and from an event, because now I have to arrive as late as possible, and I have to be the first to leave. Um, so I will have stewards around me as well as two security, and then when I leave, um, they also help me get to the car. But then they will also hold the line around the speakers. So we might have about 30 women who volunteer to be marshals and they'll stand sort of as a as a line around huh. everyone as a as a human boundary. So is this a there are they police people? Marshals? No, 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 they're okay. just volunteers. Okay. Right. They're just our volunteers. Okay. So huh. it'll just be women that come to our events that want to help facilitate yeah. the event. They're pretty impressive. Sometimes they stand and they have like two hours of someone shouting or uh, even a vuvuzela. I mean, I, who has them anymore? But they'll bring those. Or somebody, sometimes they just go like this. Yeah. Cool. There, was a, there was a man in Washington who just stood there with two blocks of wood <laughs> that he looked like he picked up. <laughs> and I was like, freaking troglodyte. It's just so weird. I was like, that's as close as uh, to wood as he ever gets. Because uh, I'm nothing but hilarious. But yeah, just, just. I mean, it didn't even make that much noise. It was like, yeah. And I was like, do you even know what you're, what you look like? Like, you're a grown man. You've got like facial hair and everything. He was like. Must have been about forty years old, standing just banging two like random bits of wood that probably held up a chair leg at home. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, what did you like? Did you see this when you were like seventeen and you were thinking, "Oh, what do I want to do with my life? Well, I want to, I want to stand near some women and bang <laughs> two blocks of oversized Jenga." Huh. Well, it's a, the world is filled with a lot of different types of people with a lot of different aspirations in life. So, and politically, so is your campaign up and running? Because you you were you just started to announce it last time we spoke. Um, it is not uh, up and running. It is uh, we are in the process of the registration, which is quite fiddly, um, and then. Hmm we'll be letting women know and we'll be fundraising for, so we'll do party memberships um, to raise some money so that any woman that wants to stand gets her 500 pounds deposit. Uh, they, we obviously pay directly so that we know where it's going, but we need to sort of work out the finer elements. And there's so much I'm doing where um, my organization is starting to do um, sort of home parties so that, like the merchandise that's standing for women, that adult human female store sells, that would be something to um, enable women to earn money 
on the side, but also speak about women's rights and also kind of have a social life and all the things that Tupperware used to do. Yeah, yeah. They were doing that. Um, hmm. There's an there's a underappreciated uh, role uh, of the bourgeois women in America and the UK um, having all those political events. Yeah, there's an untold amount of political change that happened um, in those house parties and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. I know. It's going to be so great. I just think it's... Um, we want to try and get it for the start of term, which uh, the winter term, which is September in the UK, because I feel like that's when a lot of women are trying to make connections, the sort of women that don't go out that much because they've got small kids, mm. um, but really need to need a network. Like, you know, I think for some women, especially single mothers, I think it can be very lonely. Hmm. But you are running for office yourself. Yes. Against Keir Starmer. Is that... The, so he's... When does that he's start? He's the leader of the opposition. Oh, as soon as possible. That. Okay. So you get billboards? Are you allowed to have billboards? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, you have to by law. And if you can get... If we can get 110 women to stand um, in the next election, which I think we probably can, because okay. um, you just need to be nominated by five people in the constituency. Uh, so if we can get one sixth of the seats, which is 650, uh, then we're allowed a TV commercial okay. on the state broadcasters. I don't understand how this is, how this works. So what do you mean you need people to stand? What does that mean? Okay. They go to parliament so, and they declare something yes, on, on no, a line? No, you stand as a candidate. So you just put yourself forward as a candidate. I'm so sorry. Okay. So uh, a constituency is, you have constituencies, right? Uh, it's just a local municipality. It's like a local Fine. area, right? It's a number. So, of, okay. Yeah. And you get gerrymandering and stuff when they yeah. try and. Yeah. Okay. Switch, switch, yeah. So we have quite small constituencies. There's 650 uh, across England, Wales, and across some countries I live in um, that go into. Uh, the House of Parliament, so that would be Northern Ireland, Scotland, Wales, and England. And they have seats, literal seats, in the House of Parliament in London. And so each constituency has one representative. So what we're hoping is that over 100, like 115 women will stand um, hmm. against wherever. So what we'll do is we will inform women where the small majorities are. So, for example, Penny Morden, who also tried to be prime minister, along with Rishi Sunak, who now is a prime minister, she's got a majority of, say, 400 votes. She also said she didn't know what a woman was. Oh. Now, she's a Conservative Party um, oh. candidate. She's changed her mind on that, but she's, she's ripe. She's ripe to be challenged, and potentially a woman standing uh, against her has the power to change conversations, not only change conversations, but also change whoever takes that seat. Now, we might be strategic because we know that if Labour get in, um, although I'm not really too bothered about who gets in, but I am. Uh, the Tories are terrible. Liberal Democrats are awful. Um, Green Party, who would even? Uh, and then the Labour Party, who's the sort of supposed left, but they're dreadful. They'll bring in self-ID. 
So it's in our best interest, really, to provoke the conversation so much so that Labour flips on that before they take office. Okay. Okay, interesting. And then the Conservatives get stronger. Okay. And do you have a program of, like, talking points or, like, a distilled essence for the women to, to stand on? Pretty much everything I've ever said. Okay, yeah. It's just yeah. Just watch watch any interview that I've done with you or any any just any. Watch them. Show. Yeah. I wrote, learn them, uh, verbatim. Don't go, east. Um, think of me like a, a hero. Oh. No. Uh, just <laughs> do you um, do do you have a hagiography yet? Has somebody made a pamphlet of all of your all of your work and your life story yet? No. Okay. Oh my God, no! I mean, who has time for who has time for that? <laughs> Um, no, it'll be like, you know, a woman is an adult human female, um, repeal the GRA, um, get this crap out of schools, um, divorce, um, pride nonsense from our institutions, uh, stop the compelled speech, get it out of our police forces. It would just be to pull all that stuff out of any particular place of influence that is kind of state funded or governed. And just yeah, insisting and, and on that and provoking that conversation. Why does this need to hmm. happen? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, but so far they've just got away with it by talking um, nonsense about being kind and peaceful. Uh, and people are, you know, I'm not saying everybody is stupid, but I think a lot of people are just happy to be told something because they're not really that interested or they've got time for it. And until they understand that their kids are being told that they have a sexuality at like seven, um, they don't actually care. Like in Australia, for example, in, I think it's Western Australia, Perth, in their government parent parental guidance book, um, it talks about babies aged naught to two touching themselves um, and exploring their sexuality, and and that will be sexual development. Because hmm. babies, everyone's born with a sexuality. Okay. Like that's just proper pedo grooming. It's you know, um, that's it's dicey. I mean, kids play with themselves, so I understand that that's just something that happens. But I don't know why you'd want to turn that into propaganda. Why? Well, I mean, it's just why would you want to? attach any kind of adult feeling like post-puberty feeling to a baby touching their own bodies like it's and so gross where's this material being uh shared this is this, in the government this... in western australia okay like a woman a woman gave a speech about it in um perth and then i she said oh it's terrible and this book and i literally opened it on this page and it's like and i took screen grabs of it and put it on Twitter, because I just think it sounds not true. It just sounds like lies. Like, why would anyone, why would any government be so stupid as to um, talk about that? Uh, but saying that, that's, oh no, that's not the same government. The Queensland government, the head of the Liberal Democrat, uh, the Liberal Party, sorry, in Queensland, and Liberals are Republican, Conservative, Liberal Party is, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and he read my Wikipedia page and then told the press 
gave a statement as if it was true, without fact-checking anything. But me and David Duke are, are associated with each other. Okay. David Duke and Richard Spencer and... Like what? These are American people. Like what? Oh, yeah. Well, some PRA <coughs> just wrote a Wikipedia page about me. Huh. And I just, I mean... It's bad enough. It's a terrible thing to do. Defame someone. It's an awful, awful thing to do. Um, especially with something quite so serious. But just from a politician, a serious politician yeah. uh, kind of point of view, how shameful is it that he that he thinks Wikipedia is true? And that he didn't just say, look, before I say this woman, literally the most heinous things on earth, can we just do a quick check? Call you up? Did he call you up? No. Do you have any grounds for slander? Have you thought about um, using litigation to? Uh... I haven't got time. <laughs> okay. Got time. So you just let people say whatever they they're gonna say, and you go and prove them wrong. Yeah, it's like people are like, "Oh, you're gonna denounce Nazis?" No. Why would I do that? Why am I going to start a conversation or a statement talking about that? Like, how ridiculous. I would denounce somebody if they were, like, involved in loads of stuff that I did and then they, I don't know, they killed someone. Then I would denounce them and say that we are not connected anymore and it's nothing to do with me. But they are nothing to do with me. Hmm. And then um, someone said, yeah, but if you do a statement... Then when I was like, what difference do you think it makes? Like someone will say, oh, she's a Nazi. Well, no, because I, she made a statement <laughs> that she isn't. And so, like, if, of course, that's just, I just don't understand. The left-wing notion, and perhaps people on the right do it, but I've yet to see it, uh, like, in this thing, um, in this current climate but guilt by association, I just think, is a bit like, oh, you got the lurgy. Uh. <laughs> no, it's uh, cooties, I think you call it, yeah, don't yeah, you? Yeah. Oh, lurgy, you got yeah. cooties. Oh, you touched him. Like, no, I'm, I'm not. I don't do it. I think I don't think. Oh my god, that person. You know, like you've interviewed plenty of people. I'm sure I really disagree with. But I'm not like thinking. Well, I can't talk to him because he once talked to someone else I don't like. Yeah, vile people. All the vile people that I that yeah, I interviewed. I yeah, but are you a Nazi? What's the day? Uh, <laughs> it's Tuesday. No, it's Monday, April seventeenth. Oh, it's a Monday. No, <laughs> um, it's so weird as well because I think if you listen to anything, like I literally host events where anybody can speak. I just think if that doesn't tell you that I'm not a Nazi. I mean, hmm. I, I did say the other day, like, who the hell? Who looks at Nazis and go, well, they had a brief spell, think they all got killed and they were defeated quite unceremoniously. Um, you know, all of their deaths seem to be pretty, like, humiliating and terrible and they were awful people, but they lost. Like, overwhelmingly, they lost... Uh, who then goes nearly 100 years on? Do you know what? Um, all the ideologies I'd like to align with, it's 
those people that lost everything uh, 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 nearly 100 years ago, they're the, they're the people for me. Like, what sad, pathetic losers are Nazis? Huh. Like, call themselves Nazis. Or, um, no, I won't say that. Oh. I might say that off air. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Some jokes just don't land these days. No, no, we have to be aware. People will clip this and share it across the internet. So, are you still you still have time for your Turf Talk Tuesdays? Is that what you're doing on your channel? Yes. New Colin thing. Any any fun anecdotes from that? Any amazing stories that you've heard from the women that uh, we speak with? Oh, uh, we had a lady that phoned last week, um, and she hadn't been a turf for very long, and then they found out who she was. And they found out what job she did and her family members and one of her family members who'd been really, really seriously ill. And they targeted them. Um, you know, there's a there's quite a lot. We, it's quite emotional because sometimes it's the first time people have been able to speak about it. It's a bit like, you know, let women speak in Belfast. Um, a woman just talked about surviving cancer, having a double mastectomy, and she was... You know, that was really uplifting. Then we had a schoolgirl who uh, had written a poem and said it off by heart, and it was brilliant. Um, just, you know, I, there's no end of extraordinary that comes out of uh, these extraordinary, these ordinary women's lives. And it's, uh, it is quite a privilege to listen to them. Um, but yeah, we, we get, we get loads of them. Like, uh, if you if you tune into nothing of anything that I ever do, uh, there's a woman in outside of uh, Melbourne Parliament. She went quite viral, and she sort of she just sort of starts like that, and and let me, let me tune into her accent, and she's like, you know, lockdown happened, and and I was online a lot, and uh, that's where I realised the left had. had uh, Lost his fucking mind. <laughs> she just goes boom, and it's just, it just gets better. And she's like, um, "And you, uh, women over there, um, be careful when they turn the pitchforks on you that you wield." And it's just these, these lines. And what's so wonderful about this woman is she's she's sort of got headphones on in the crowd, and she's asked a couple of times she can speak and. And and I try not to line people up, and I try to, I try to sort of say to the students, don't usher people in. Like it's got to be really organic, where I just like connect, you know, connect eye contact with someone, and then I'm just like, yeah, you, okay, yeah, go. Um, anyway, so she steps forward, and she's like, oh, I'm just going to skip the first bit because uh, that was just about being labour, and and then she just does this thing, and then she just stands back in the crowd, and then. Nobody knows who she is. In a in a flash, she's gone. Huh. Uh, and then her whole thing went viral, and she hasn't stepped forward to claim it or say it's her or anything. It's just true kind of. If that could be the essence of what I do, then that would be it. Yeah. Just yeah. this wow, and just these ordinary women that aren't doing it to. They aren't doing it for any other reason that they just need to say it. And hear it. And hear it. And hear it. There was um quite funny. There's a uh, somebody who was something in America you have about free speech. Um 
some sort of body that protects free speech. Uh, I can't remember her name. Well, I'm so sorry, but she was fire and ACLU or ACLU, not so much anymore, but fire is the big one. Uh, might be. Um, anyway, she was, she was part of this organization. She was on New Zealand TV and the guy goes, Oh, what do you make of the, the Posey Parker incident? And she said, well, you know, this woman has a right to free speech. And he's like, yeah, but, blah, blah, blah. yeah, but, but, you know, uh, you're like free speech. Is it free speech? She's like, yes, free speech. Because it goes, well, you know, but heckler's veto. And she said, well, no, because as you know, part of the right to free speech is the right to be heard. And if, uh, obviously you can have people shout and protest, but if they stop you from being able to be heard and, therefore being like speaking then uh they don't have a right to do that and you do that would be opposing free speech and he, he's like going ah oh, like uh is there any way we could have burned the witch uh if she was heavier than a duck um what if she floated he's like just trying to find any which way in for her to say she shouldn't have spoken and she just absolutely refused to do it but, you know, and that was a couple of days ago. This yeah. I don't I even know when it. I came back from New Zealand. But I didn't. What happened was I came back from New Zealand, had about three or four days to try and get over jet lag. And then uh, my, my husband had booked a holiday. Oh, oh, yeah. You had a holiday. All the kids. What, what, is, what does a holiday mean in, in your uh, a vacation? Class? Yeah, I know. But like, what does that mean? Like you guys go to a cabin or to a beach house or... What do you generally uh, we do? Went is there a Disneyland to a Spanish there? island. Oh, Spanish island. Okay. So you just yeah. like languorously drink wines and and sit in the sun kind of thing. Overlooking the sea. Okay. Watch people on mopeds, I guess they have mopeds in Spanish islands. But yeah, we often we often do a boat trip. Oh Wherever nice. we go on holiday, we we do a are you Catherine a sailor? Moran. Do you guys do sailors? <laughs> oh. I just drink I go on a nice catamaran. <laughs> with alcohol if you need it all day long um usually stop somewhere snorkel hmm. you know hmm. great things are your great. kids in at university yet or whatever it's called post uh, one of them is um one of them has a job uh one of them's at uni uh one is just leaving school this year and the other it's got a couple of more years to go at school oh you have four kids i thought you had three no, four. Wow, four! Wow, three boys and a girl. <sighs> yes, it's all joy in this house. All joy, all the time. All the time, where, every minute. Where are you headed next? Um, so I go back to London. Uh, not next weekend, the one after, and then I've got Birmingham. So Birmingham is really interesting. That's the place in the country where the parents, Muslim parents, protested against LGBT in primary school. Um, and what was most interesting about it is I genuinely thought that people would side with the Muslim parents because when it came to certain sorts of, not censorship so much, but certain things that you couldn't really talk about, uh, you know, criticisms of Islam in any way, shape or form were accused of being Islamophobic. Uh, it's quite similar, like criticism of transgender ideology or any person who is trans is seen as transphobic. So it's kind of similar, but not. Yeah. I'm not saying that 
Muslims have like a quasi-religious cult. Um, but it it was just quite interesting. And it's a left, it's a left-wing kind of um there's something to do with the left. So the, the left will criticize Christians, but not Muslims. And it's it's you know, I'm sure it's the same in America. It's weird. Or the far right, but they won't criticize clearly some very right-wing religious fundamentalists. They won't criticize them, but they will talk about the Christian far right. Um and so I genuinely thought, I was like, oh, this will be good because when the Muslims come out to criticize this LGBT sham stuff in this school, um, people will side with the Muslims. But no, the Muslims were homophobic and transphobic, even though oh. we bloody well know that part of being a devout Muslim is going to be against, is going to think that homosexuality is a sin. And we've all, all you know, not necessarily... People are not necessarily okay with that, but we kind of accept that their religious freedom entitles them to think that some things are sinful that perhaps we don't, and homosexuality is one of them. But also what's interesting in that particular case is there was a man, I don't know, uh, let's call him Stephen, um, and he wanted to queer the classroom. So he did this thing about queering the classroom, which is when every single child has a gender identity and a sexuality. And he chose a school in one of the most Muslim kind of devout areas in the country. Hmm. He chose that school on purpose. Uh, I don't know whether it was to really, because that backlash would be seen as homophobic and therefore not taken as seriously, um, or that he thought maybe Muslims would be dismissed. I don't know why he did that, but I think it's sinister as hell that he did that. And so he's queering the Muslim children now? Uh, the, the Islamic... That was his intention, queering the classroom. Did the Muslims... So everyone has a... So the, did the Muslims get their way in that school, like getting the curriculum out? No. And they I were vilified. So, no. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I intend to um, go to Birmingham. Um, we're going we're gonna to have, hopefully, get someone to accurately translate... Uh, some of our literature into like Urdu and Hindi and Punjabi. Yes. Uh, so that um, Muslim women who maybe don't read English so well have access to this information. And I'd really love to see as many uh, Muslims as possible because I think they're probably not two things. I think, number one, they probably don't know what's going on not because they don't read or write English, because plenty of Muslims obviously do, but because they have quite a uh, tight culture. Uh, so some of the, in areas like Birmingham, where there are such a high population of different Muslims from different areas of the world and, and Indians um, and Hindus uh, and Sikhs, they, they might be in a, a, a nice kind of tight-knit culture that means that they don't actually know too much about what's going on in their kids' school or whatever. Um, and what was the other thing? And the other thing is that if you're Muslim, you're already dealing with one kind of um, prejudice, if you like. You're all dealing, already dealing with the fact that you're walking about this world as a Muslim. Um, so you might not want to, you might not feel that it's your place or that you want to kind of find another war and so you might not want to speak up about this because you're already dealing with something else. <coughs> Bless you. 
Well, at least it's not a cat climbing up you. No, not um, this time. <laughs> I had a thought and I sneezed it out of my brain. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just hope some of those women come because we do sometimes get uh, Muslim women in at Hyde Park. And they're always really warmly welcomed. Yeah. Well, there was that Muslim woman in Britain who just got, uh, she, she pointed out that Jeffrey Marsh guy and she just got, she got doxxed by him. And then also there was, what I wanted to bring up was that, and there was a census, I think this came out just last week, there was a census in your country and... Um, you know, to, and the numbers of trans was a little quizzical, and it turns out that the predominance of uh, that the uh, there's a higher ratio of transness or trans identity in people uh, in communities that no, don't necessarily speak English. So, like, there's mm. a translation error in this census. It seems like that was going on where they didn't clearly specify what they're asking the people about this gender identity, and it didn't necessarily Absolutely translate. Demented. Isn't it just so stupid? Um, so yeah, uh, look, I think I think we have to be uh, as a movement for women. We have to we have to be accessible to. I've got a poster on my ceiling that's in my office that's just decided to start unpeeling. What does it say? What does the poster say? Well, it just says "woman, adult, human, female." It's to block some of the light from my skylights. Okay, I don't know what you call them. Yeah, skylight, skylight. Yeah, there's a lot of different words that we have, but skylight we share. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hope. Anyway, uh, you know, these. Um, can't remember where I was. I think I was saying that we're all women are welcome, and it has to be yeah. that. Yeah. Ab yeah. Above and beyond everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Um, well, you should get a translator. You should probably get a sign sign language translator too. Just be as inclusive as possible. Well, one that like beatboxes as the oh yeah yeah beatboxing no, your sign language and ours is not the same is it not well i guess it's called no. american sign language for a reason it's not british sign mm. language and there was um there was a really good sign language i think it was a might have been at the olympics or there was and they couldn't sign and they were giving the job, and they just made it up. <laughs> i think along. i saw that yeah some woman just started making up the sign language Nobody could tell because it was a total virtue no. signal to begin with, but like the deaf people call in. Yeah. Nuts. Nuts. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and your documentary. So is that still going on where you guys are being filmed and uploading it and it's just. No, well, I didn't do it. No. Uh, so my documentary, uh, I had to rush out in the end. It was supposed to be ready at the end of January. And then uh -huh. I was, I was getting ready to go to Australia and it still wasn't out. And, um, so I just, I took the first edit. I'm really pleased with it. Uh, some women are not so pleased. Um, Why? The lighting? Color grading isn't perfect? Um, well, it is called Kelly J in USA, and, and I feature quite a lot. Uh, some of the things were cut out because, and that was the, that's the story of it, right? I couldn't go to my last event, and that's the story of it. Yeah. Uh, but overwhelmingly, I think it tells the story of what happens to American women when they try and speak up. Um, and I, I think it's great. Uh, we were going to do the same in Australia, but we're not. And I've now got a different 
crew. There's another film crew who are making like a balanced film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have no idea on which side of this debate they are. Interesting. Okay. Um, are they from the BBC or I'm something not... like that? Well, she's done stuff for the BBC. Um, but I don't know what they were, but they came to Brighton. And they're very lovely, really friendly, lovely. And she, um, she came to Brighton and the mob was so awful in Brighton. I just thought, well, even if you were on the other side, now you at least think there's two sides. Yeah. Uh, she also came to Washington um, and she's going to come to another couple of things. Where else did she go? She went somewhere else. She's done a Hyde Park. Is she doing uh, it for, this is just a film for her own company or something like that? Yes. And then yeah. I guess she'll sell it. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, it, it'll show you two things. One, her vision, but two, uh, what she has to conform to for it to get shown, right? Which is, we know that that's... Yeah, and I think she's probably been on a journey. Because, I, look, I, I just have, I have an inkling that probably naturally she might have come from the other side. Um, but she's very friendly and lovely. Maybe she doesn't have any opinion at all, but... I would. I think it's going to be really interesting because I don't know whether when you edit, you edit with your final thoughts. So I don't know was that when you're in that edit, um, is it going to be impossible to revise? Like let's say by the end of it, she's a full-on turf. Is it going to be difficult to revise her earlier footage where she had a different mindset? To show the story that she eventually found to be true. Yeah. And will we see that arc of her own understanding? Or is she a full-on turf before she started and I just don't know it? Or will she still be a raging trans activist? And, and can you really change your mind neutral if you're in a cult? She just doesn't care. She's you like, can't be a neutral. No? You can't be a no. neutral? Well, you either think women deserve our own spaces and sports and not to medically alter children's bodies or you don't. There's no kind of, how can you be halfway? You either want women to surrender some of our rights or you think we should be afforded the right to retain them. Is it halfway? You could kind of, like I would, yeah, you can't be halfway. (laughs) You either have a little, like people say rights aren't like a pie, but they, they are, they really are. Like if I have a whole pie of women-only spaces and rights and language and then a hulking great big bloke wants to be included in that, then I've lost a little bit of my pie. And it's all bullshit. Like the, even when like gay marriage happened, and I'm, I, I'm very happy that it did, uh, but it's, it's not true to say that that didn't alter something else of course it altered what marriage was because marriage before gay marriage was about heterosexual couples getting married and for many people um it's about heterosexual couples getting married so that they can have children like if you're really quite religious that's the whole point of your union as heterosexuals and getting married and so on so it's not even true to say oh you know gay people married getting married didn't affect anyone well of course it did i just think it's a it's a it's a fine, you know, it's a, it's fine. It doesn't matter that it, Im- it impacted anybody else or impacted what marriage meant. It's, it didn't affect my actual marriage. Hmm. Do you think it, it, it affects how your kids look at marriage and what they'll en- eventually end up choosing for themselves? 
I don't know. I had a really interesting discussion with my 14-year-old about the Mr. Beast controversy. Do you know about that? Mr. Beast has an assistant or somebody that he works with that uh, is, has, is a father, but is also on hormones now. Yeah. And was into uh, lolly. He made some jokes. I mean, I can't read it. I can't. People misinterpret my humor. So I, I, what I saw of those tweets, it's like he could just been being really edgy. But yeah, he did say that lowly stuff gets him excited. I'm not condoning that. I'm that just saying. Since he's had a kid, right? Or was that before he had it? I think it was in my... 2016. I mean, the internet okay. was different in 2016. The gamer were, it's just things are a little different. So I, I don't know. But it is okay. kind of worrisome that this guy now works in a family or children oriented show. So my son said, the funny thing is, mum, if anyone was going to tell a sexist, racist, horrible, offensive joke, now this is my son saying it, I don't know this to be true, then it would be that guy that now is a is the thing that he would have taken the mickey out of, he now has become. Like he would have been really offensive about a man like himself. And he said that... Huh. Um, it's ruined the show, and he feels that Mr. Beast um, can't, what, doesn't feel comfortable when this guy's around, but he kind of can't get rid of him because he'll be cancelled. And I sort of said, yeah, but when you put this man front and centre on a kid's channel, you are basically selling it to kids. That's what you're doing. And he was like, yeah, but I don't think he likes it. And I said, yeah, but do you think because you know and because of like the conversations we have in the house, you're privy to a different understanding of what is going on in that situation or a bias about what's going on in that situation? And he's like, no, I don't think so. He does look really uncomfortable. Huh. So I don't know if that's true. Interesting. You give very perceptive kids. What? Yeah, he he's pretty. <laughs> when he was nine, you know, like when people do this on the internet, and they go and they all clapped. But genuinely, when he was nine, and he's <laughs> really into science, he's um, it, he's just about to specialize. He's doing like ten GCSEs, and uh, the majority of them are sort of STEM and then you know, science, technology, engineering, maths. Oh, and he's also allowed to do gaming as a GCSE, which is the exams you take at age sixteen. Okay. Okay. Um, anyway, so he's he's always been at the age of two. He could tell you what the rings of Saturn were made of. He was obsessed with space. Really bright. When he was nine, he said, "You can't actually change uh, from a boy to a girl because you just can't edit your DNA." <laughs> Everybody stood up and clapped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, and then he drove the Ferrari home. No, but, it, it, you know, he he sort of, he'd really thought about it. Like, it's totally illogical that you just can't edit your DNA. But, yeah, so he's, yeah, he's known about this stuff for a long time. I'm very lucky. Unlike most parents, um, by the time this happened, my older boys were nearly through school. Um, although one is it. Uh, woke university because they all are uh and i was really clued up from about 2015 and so my youngest then was eight so they didn't really have 
I was I was just ahead of the game. So, it, you know, I could give, give them reason before anybody had ruined their tiny brains. Yeah, you insulated them, inoculated them. Are you going to do a kid's book? How to how to save your kid from the trans ideology? A book's so time consuming, isn't it? I okay. want to do yeah. I want to do books. I want to do um, plenty of books. I I really want to do some uh, like a record of all the speeches. That's but it's really difficult, isn't it? Because when you want to do that, you don't really. You'd kind of want a record of them, but you'd also want a highlight of them because that's a that's what people want to people don't want to no, no. read all the speeches and some of the speeches are extraordinary. Um and some are just really personal and still of value, but maybe not not in a book. But then how upset would you be if yours didn't make it? Well, so what you do is you have an archive and then you have a best of. With an archive link. So you print the book with the, the best of selections and you have a little committee, um, which would be helpful. D definitely hire somebody to do all the transcription for you. And then, and then you, but you still have all the archives like on the website or whatever, you know, little, with a little QR code. I, also, I, I mean, I want to write, I think this is, sometimes I think about my life and I think 2015 I was just finding out about this. 2018, I sold my first stickers and T-shirt. On the 18th of July, I sold my first T-shirt five years ago this year. And now, I, I literally go around the world, very warm reception, but I go around the world, I'm discussed by prime ministers even, uh, saying that women don't have penises. <laughs> Like, how nuts is that? Of all the things to make your legacy on, it's the... It's the disproving it's of the girl know. dick. It's just... But it's, like... I know it's, it's so nuts, preposterous, because it's so untrue and so absolute bullshit. Um, even if you're ideologically captured, we know that there's no such thing as a female penis. I mean, even if you you can put layers on it, you can you can mutilate language, but ultimately we know that it's bullshit. So, I I just think fancy being able to do to do this full time on something that's so untrue and d shouldn't even need saying. And yet everybody's talking because, about it now. Yeah. But because people are quite afraid, I look like some sort of remarkable human. Huh. Well, you do have a nice milkshake. <laughs> Whatever that means. I'm sure it's really rude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's terrible. But look, I, you know, I got dressed, I wore pink uh, because the compliments were so nice. Uh, are you being sarcastic? What do you mean the compliments no. are so nice? Who was it? It was you and... Um... Oh, Josh. Slocum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, God, my hair. <laughs> Came looking my best. Thank you. Thank you, Posey Parker. You're very okay. welcome. Kelly J. You're doing great work. Thanks for your time, too. I know you're super crunched, so it's always great to catch up with you.
Quite all right. It was nice to see you. Thanks so much. And done. Cool.